Brain health has been very popular in the news lately, and this podcast is for you if you've ever had brain fog, cognitive decline, Alzheimer's, CTE, any of these issues. This is the podcast where we're going to jump into the latest research from Dr. Dale Bredesen, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dave Asprey of the Bulletproof Diet, so many other people, all the minds that are really out there paving the way, blazing a path for new research, new strategies that are actually working to get your brain optimized and working at its highest, highest level. The Brain Builders Podcast is just for you. So get a notebook, get a pen, and get ready to open up your mind and get back to the person that you were meant to be. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Brain Builders Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John DeWitt, and today I would like to apologize, first of all, for um, the snafu we had. We were going to have Travis Rosser on last time and had some scheduling confusion and technical difficulties, etc. So we're going to have him on next Friday. So we are back to Dave Asprey's book, Headstrong, the Bulletproof Plan to Activate Untapped Brain Energy to Work Smarter and Think Faster in Just Two Weeks. And I have to say I have looked ahead, and it is very exciting once we actually get to the Headstrong program itself. But for today, we're going to talk about coffee and mold. Kind of like we did, we touched on it a little bit last time, but now we're going to go into that even deeper. So if you're stuck without lab-tested coffee, here's how to reduce your risk of getting mold toxins in your coffee. First, look for single estate coffee. That means the beans come from one place. So if you're lucky enough to get mold-free beans, you don't have to worry about them being mixed with other moldy beans. This is why blends of coffee are a bad idea, even if they taste good. Second, look for washed coffee because washed coffee is better than natural processed coffee. Steer clear of natural process entirely. The third thing to do is to look for Central American coffee, which is often better than coffee from other regions. The fourth thing to do is to look for high elevation, as that can reduce reduce, uh, mold problems by making stronger plants. Remember, an organic label means nothing. Most of the best coffees come from small plantations that could never afford an organic certification because the pay-for-it cost would put them out of business. Plus, organic coffee can sit in dirty water and grow mold toxins just like conventional coffee can. If you follow these guidelines, you'll probably end up $20 for a pound of high-end coffee. The bad news is that you still can't be sure it's low in mold. Dave Asprey created the Bulletproof process after throwing away far too many expensive bags of coffee because he couldn't drink them. But the good news is that if you get a clean bag of coffee, you won't go through it as quickly if you add butter and brain octane oil as previously described. People naturally drink less coffee when it's free of milk and blended with good fats, so you'll end up saving money by drinking less coffee but spending more for the good stuff. It it evens out in the end. And that's not even counting the savings of using bulletproof coffee to replace your breakfast. Dried fruit. Dried fruit contains even more sugar than regular fruit per ounce, and the drying process often creates high levels of mold toxins. Dried raisins, figs, dates, and plums generally have the highest levels of mold. You get a headache, feel tired, or get sugar cravings after eating some dried fruit, but not others. Now you know one of the reasons. It's your mitochondria. Some dried fruit is sprayed with chemicals such as sulfites that harm your mitochondria. De- depending on your unique biology, sulfites can inhibit lung and liver energy production and can deplete glutathione, especially if you already have toxic metals such as mercury in your system. 
Wine and beer. So sorry to have to say it yet again, but these beverages are not brain boosters. 50% of Mediterranean wines are contaminated with OTA. Grapes become contaminated during the crushing process, and the toxins carry over into the wine. Beer, of course, gets its OTA from grains. While fermentation does decrease the concentration of OTA in the beer, it does not eliminate it. Wines produced in Europe are often lower in toxins than domestically produced wines, however, because government regulations abroad are stricter than those in the United States. He maintains a list of the best, cleanest wines he can find at bulletproof.com wine. Beer, unfortunately, does not make the cut because of grain residue and gluten contamination. Chocolate, like coffee, dark chocolate is a double-edged sword. It's a great source of polyphenols, but can also be a significant source of mold toxins. One study found OCA on 98% of the chocolate samples with the highest amounts in bitter, powdered, and dark chocolate. As, you, as we discussed earlier, uh, he prefers European chocolate because it undergoes more rigorous regulation, and he tests the chocolate he uses in his own products to standards in excess of European levels. If you feel odd after you eat chocolate, this could be your mitochondria telling you something. That's assuming you went for the 85% dark chocolate. If not, it's your mitochondria telling you to stop eating so much sugar in your chocolate. Nuts. All nuts, especially peanuts, which are legumes, are likely sources of mold toxins. The nuts with the lowest risk are those you purchase still in their shells, but who has time to crack a bunch of nuts. He remembers or recommends buying whole nuts with the skin, not the shell still on. As manufacturers use damaged nuts that are far more likely to contain mold toxins to make slivered, chopped, or ground nuts, nut butters, nut flours, and even nut milks. Bonus points if the nuts are stored in the fridge at the store. Corn. In a study that looked at 275 samples of corn, rice, and corn products, over a quarter of the corn samples were found to contain amounts of OTA that were higher than the European limit. This is especially problematic because corn is one of the most popular ingredients in the American diet today and is found in everything from artificial sweeteners to aspirin. Of course, it is also fed to nearly all factory-farmed animals, which then accumulate mold toxins from the corn they eat, and the toxins end up in their fat. The most common corn fungus is called fusarium, which creates a toxin that inhibits mitochondrial function. Because the industrial farming complex has been treating our soil heavily with antifungals for years, the fungus now lives on the roots of corn plants instead of on the corn kernels, making it impossible to see with the naked eye. But this mold literally injects its toxins into the roots of the plant, poisoning the whole thing, including the part we eat. On the Headstrong program, you'll reduce the amount of corn in your diet to protect your mitochondria from these toxins. Corn used to be a good gluten-free alternative, but when we start killing ourselves, when we started killing our soils with the herbicide glyphosate, we made corn soil fungi hyper-aggressive. And now we pay for it by not being able to enjoy popcorn without the threat of toxins. Artificial sweeteners, flavors, and additives. Manufacturers add all sorts of chemicals to processed foods in order to make them last longer and taste better. They are often found in products that are inflammatory to begin with, and they have their own harmful effects on the brain, making these foods twice as likely to cause inflammation, brain fog, and cognitive decline. You should avoid them at all costs because they universally lower your performance. Monosodium glutamate, MSG. Of all the toxins that manufacturers add to food, MSG might have the greatest impact on your cognitive performance. The glutamate in MSG is an excitatory neurotransmitter, meaning that it makes your neurons more likely to fire. When your neurons get too much glutamate from MSG, they continue firing rapidly for no good reason. This is called excitotoxicity, and it leads your neurons to run out of mitochondrial energy, create free radicals, and then die. Many people suffer from headaches, brain fog, and even migraines after consuming MSG. 
Aren't those symptoms of mitochondrial problems? Yes. MSG damages mitochondria, and we've known that for years. In a 2003 study, researchers who exposed rats to MSG saw that it caused oxidative stress in vulnerable brain regions. This led to mitochondrial function impairment, which the researchers realized was an important mechanism of chronic neurodegeneration. In other words, MSG makes you weak and dumb, the opposite of headstrong. In the United States, food ingredients that are less than 75% MSG do not have to be listed as MSG on the ingredient label. Manufacturers love to sneak things in like spice extractives, yeast extract, or vegetable protein because these contain MSG, but you probably won't notice the name. If you're not sure about an ingredient, Google an ingredient name together with MSG and you'll know right away if the manufacturer is trying to trick you. Aspartame. The artificial sweetener aspartame is made up of two amino acids or protein building blocks. One of them, phenylalanine, is chemically altered to form free methanol or wood alcohol. Free methanol is neurotoxic and is converted into formaldehyde in the liver. Formaldehyde is mitochondrial poison. A study from 2015 shows that it causes oxidative stress, greatly reduces cellular energy production, and eventually leads to apoptosis, which we all know is cell death. Aspartame is also known as an excitatory neurotoxin because it causes your synapses to fire repeatedly. As you learned in earlier episodes, your neurons are full of mitochondria because firing takes up so much energy. When your neurons fire relentlessly because you ate a man-made chemical, you're taxing your mitochondria at the exact time that you're poisoning them. In a recent interview with neurologist Dr. David Perlmutter, um, Dave and him talked about how aspartame and other sweeteners damage your gut bacteria, which causes brain inflammation. Chemical manufacturers aren't required to test what their concoctions do to bacteria in the gut, even though it can have a big impact on your brain. Soy sauce, your favorite sushi condiment, is fermented with a type of fungus called aspergillus. Many species of aspergillus contain citronin, a mold toxin that induces apoptosis. Soy sauce also contains a stimulating neurotransmitter called tyramine, which causes oxidative stress, excitotoxicity, and damage to mitochondria. Even worse, soy sauce is high in histamine and a stimulating neurotransmitter that can also cause systemic inflammation and and mitochondrial slowing. Soy sauce also contains naturally occurring MSG, which in combination with tyramine can often cause migraines, brain fog, and food cravings. Soy sauce also contains gluten, and even the gluten-free version still has the tyramine and histamine problems. Isn't that dandy? The increase in histamine is a big problem for some people. One member of the anti-aging nonprofit that Dave runs heard him talk about this problem and went soy sauce free. Within a week, her chronic hives and allergies went away. He recommends you stop drinking or dunking your gorgeous salmon sashimi in soy sauce and try a sprinkle of sea salt instead. It's worth a try to see how you feel, and it's possible that you tolerate histamine and tyramine well enough to occasionally enjoy soy sauce with no food cravings later. You may be surprised at how much better you feel without it. Neurotoxins. These compounds are straight-up mitochondrial kryptonite that can destroy your performance even in very small amounts. Dr. David Bellinger, a professor of neurology at Harvard Medical School, estimates that Americans have collectively lost 41 million IQ points just from ingesting neurotoxins. Here are the most common sources of these brain poisons. Fluoride, there is no scientific evidence to support the commonly held belief that adding fluoride to our drinking water or taking fluoride supplements is safe. Until the 1950s, doctors prescribed fluoride to reduce thyroid function. Yes, you read that correctly. Fluoride reduces the thyroid hormones that your mitochondria need to function and that your neurons need to maintain healthy myelin. 
Just two milligrams of fluoride a day is enough to reduce thyroid function. Now think about the fact that people who drink fluorinated water consume on average between 1.6 and 6.6 milligrams of fluoride a day. Unsurprisingly, a 2015 study showed that people living in an area with fluoridated water were 50% more likely to suffer from hypothyroidism, which is low thyroid function, than people in a non-fluoridated area. Remember that low thyroid function changes the shape of your mitochondria and makes them less efficient. Find out if your tap water is fluoridated and then decide whether or not to keep drinking it. If your tap water is fluoridated, you can filter it to remove the fluoride, but not all filters successfully remove it. Look for a whole home filtration system that is effective at specifically removing fluoride. The leak between cavities and fluoride is tenuous at best, but even if fluoride weren't, were the best cavity prevention tonic, which it's not, he would gladly risk a few cavities in order to have rockstar mitochondria that reliably gave him more energy than he knew what to do with. Genetically modified organisms or GMOs, there are plenty of environmental reasons to avoid consuming genetically modified foods, but for our purposes, we're going to focus on the neurotoxic effects. GMOs are almost universally sprayed with Roundup, which is part of a class of pesticides known as organophosphates. The United States Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA, lists organophosphates as acutely toxic to bees, wildlife, and and humans. Even low levels of exposure have been linked to adverse effects in the neurobehavioral development of fetuses and children. When babies are exposed to low levels of these pesticides in the womb, they have lower IQs and experience lifelong problems with learning and memory. So why the heck is this being sprayed on our food as it grows as it grows and right before it's harvested. Organophosphates irreversibly inactivate an enzyme in your body that breaks down the neurotransmitter acetylcholine. As you heard earlier, you need some acetylcholine to stimulate your muscles and schedule REM sleep. The problem is that organophosphates destroy your body's ability to maintain proper amounts of these neuro, this neurotransmitter. When your body can't get rid of excess acetylcholine, you get muscle tension and synaptic overload. More on organophosphates next time on the Brain Builders podcast. There is still a link in the description of the podcast if you would like to register for the next Brain Builders Masterclass. It's going to be very exciting. It's going to be the updated version. Just check out the link in there. And next time we're going to talk about organophosphates a little bit more. Thank you so much for listening to the Brain Builders Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John DeWitt, and we will talk to you next time.